0: Jean-Luc Grandpierre is an original Blue Jacket, and he is the Blue Jacket studio analyst on TV because he's handsome. Jean-Luc, what's up? Hello, Jean-Luc. Good morning, guys. How are you? I'm good, you? Good, good. Hey, Are you guys I was curious because I've I've been watching the playoffs and teams are doing different things with their TV broadcasts where a lot of uh shows are doing it from the in home arena. Are you doing it from the normal Fox studios or are you at Nationwide?
1: Uh, we are at Nationwide. We're actually set up. Uh, we got the best set up. I'm set up in the locker room. So I got all the amenities of the locker room. So it's pretty sweet for me right now. All all right, right, I, I,
0: I thought it might have been a fake locker room they did in the studio.
1: No, no, no. We're, we are in the actual uh, Blue jacket locker room.
2: Well, John Luke, here's my observation. Casual fan here, right? This team, tell me if I'm right or wrong, it looks like this team specifically this year that they kind of feed off adversity. I mean, they lose the five-overtime game, and then they come back with urgency, get the win. Then Saturday night, looks like they kind of had sand in their skates. And you watch, they'll come out flying today. Is that a fair assessment that they they kind they play better when their backs are against the wall?
1: You are absolutely right. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jacket uh, adversity is what they faced all year long. And, uh, you know, 2020 <laughs> it was built for the Blue Jackets. So I expect big things from this team right now. And, uh, yeah, they did have Sen in their skate last game. I think the amount of games that they had to play In the Toronto series and then now against Tampa with the overtime, especially in that game one. Uh, it caught up to them. Uh, so they didn't practice yesterday, so they should be flying this afternoon again.
0: Yeah, the only thing that yeah, bugs me, and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bug me that they're down 2-1, to because I think you guys are right. They always find a way to bounce back. What bugs me, though, is, you know, you're in a third period, John Luke, and they put like three, I, I could be wrong here, but I think they only put three shots on net. They did score right away, but that worries me. They've been outshot a lot. And it's not a huge, huge deal if you're winning, but you got to put the puck on the net in this game.
1: You are absolutely right uh, for the Blue is they, they they typically get outshot no matter who they play or how they play, if they're playing well or not. But uh, they started the game, they were up 8 nothing or 8-2 in shots. And then in the second and third period, they only shot seven pucks on net. Oof. Two periods, seven shots. So they had more shots in the first ten minutes of the first than the whole second and third when they were trailing. And if you're, you're trying to get back in a game, you need to get the, the biscuit to the net a little more. And somehow on those seven shots, they found a way to score two goals. So it just shows you, can you imagine if you shot it, <laughs> let, let's say, just 15 times, right? Yeah. That would make a big difference.
2: Uh, Jean-Luc Grandpierre is with us this morning. The Jackets go this afternoon at 3 o'clock our time. Uh, who's in net tonight? Who's our goalie? Who's going to start?
1: Uh, well, I don't know yet, but I expect Corp to be in yeah. Elvis is still hurt, so uh right now Kim Lennox is backing up, uh and uh, yeah, Elvis is the workhorse right now. Uh and you could see last game it caught up to him too. These guys are exhausted by fake with a safe nice day off yesterday and get some rest. Uh he'll be in that tonight. I
0: Yep. Hey, what was the? I, th- I think it's a little weird with this unfit to play because you got Elvis with the groin, and I think that's been announced, so who knows when he's going to be back. And then Cam Atkinson, boy, they could use his speed right now. He's unfit to play. Uh, have you heard anything about Cam? And I just think it's weird in general, how, and I get the COVID sensitivity, but I think it's very weird of the league the, just the flat unfit to play.
1: Yeah, they got rid of the uh, lower – injury lower body and upper body injury uh now it's literally just unfit to play so the way they did it is uh, i believe with the agreement with the players association uh for you know players privacy they did not want you know in case there were to be any positive test uh they did not want the player in question to be identified necessarily so that's how they go with the unfit to play. However, the NHL did a great job with the bubble. I didn't see the numbers this morning. They released them every Monday but as of last Monday, there was zero positive tests in over three weeks in the bubble, so that's a great sign.
0: And they did a great job when the players were training and allowed to go back and forth from their house. I think the NHL players, too, have done just a great job of being responsible. Uh, I noticed in the third period that Tort started switching up the lines, and then later in the third period he was switching them a little bit more. Do you think yep. he goes back to what he was doing before the game, or do you think at this point he's just trying to figure it out?
1: I think he will go back to the way the game started and what we've seen, uh, what we saw in game one and two. Uh, what he was trying to get is some, because the guys that are playing the big minutes were hurt. they were hurting and you could see it. So he figured, hey, I'm going to give Eric Robinson and Emil Bemstrom a little more ice time. These guys are, you know, they're. More rested because they don't play that much. They play about six to eight minutes a game typically. So he knew he would get some energy from these guys, and uh, they performed well. But I think today everybody's rested. They'll go back to the big
2: yeah. Games. And Jean Jean Luc, let's go back to the bubble for just a second because you you just mentioned you're here in town. Uh, with the studio show what are you hearing uh, maybe you know off the air what are you hearing from the players about how life is in the bubble are they getting tired of it already or they know that it's they were prepared you know what I mean
1: I, I haven't heard of anybody getting tired of it yet they do say that it, it feels kind of like a mini prison but you know, <laughs> a, 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 a prison, obviously. I mean let's not kid ourselves yeah uh, but uh, honestly uh, the whole thing with the bubbles is really weird because in my role, you know, I'm not a reporter, so right. I'll, I'll go in the locker room and have one-on-one conversation with certain players. And we kind of talk like, you know, off the air, just talk about stuff and, hey, how are you enjoying Columbus, et cetera. Well, now we really don't have the chance to do that because everything has to be done through Zoom. And the media availability is not just me with them. It's like all the reporters, anybody in the NHL from any team can listen to our conversation. Right. So there's no real insight about, hey, you guys having fun? Is it bad? But, you know, some guys are definitely struggling. Uh, I saw to Carras from the Boston Bruins opted out of the bubble to go join his family. So, you know, he was the starting goalie for Boston, and then he left the team. So it shows you that it must play a little bit on the, the guys' Because
2: I mean, in the NBA, that's all you hear. That's as big a story as the games, unfortunately. Well, they're allowing visitors. A L- lot of family, whining. A yeah. lot of whining in the NBA, and you don't hear that in the hockey.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, hockey players are a different breed. Right. Like, Again, with the zero positive test, it just shows y'all committed. These guys were even when they were here in Columbus in town. Uh, but, yeah, I saw the story about, uh, was it Lou William uh, going to, you know, the the strip bar. Yeah, <laughs> chicken wings. They yeah, got they got good wings. wings. They got yeah. good wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the last one I heard was the Seattle uh, the Seattle undrafted free agent that went to camp and tried to sneak his uh, girl into the hotel with some yeah. issues. issue (laughs) so yeah it shows you a little bit like yeah you you need discipline uh and that's the only way that's gonna work uh it doesn't matter if they put you in a prison if you're not disciplined Something's gonna happen
0: uh Jean-Luc Grandpierre is with us you can watch him today uh Blue Jackets studio show Blue Jackets dropped the puck at three o'clock for game four in that one Jean-Luc let me maybe I'm acting like a barbarian here but let me throw this out to you so when I started watching hockey you could leave the bench and actually jump on the ice and fight guys. But I've always thought, I'm not a big fan of just fighting to fighting, like dropping the gloves at uh, the face-off, but I've always thought there's a strategy behind fighting in hockey. And when you don't have crowds, you're playing in the afternoon, a different environment. I just haven't – I just would figure just me that you could use fighting as a strategic aspect of the game to get your team going, and I just haven't seen it yet. Maybe I'm just completely off base with that.
1: I- well, so you are off base because time has changed. Yeah, I know that, the, yeah. I'm from the old school mentality like you sometimes where I'm like, gosh, somebody gets something going. Yeah. it's a big hit yeah. or like a fight. But, yeah, the game has completely changed now. And uh, trust me, John Tortorella, even, you know, he's kind of like us. He, he grew up in the old school mentality. coaching that in that era, so he gets it as well. But now the game is all about stick checking and Changing momentum of games is literally just you having a good offensive shift and creating some pressure on the opponent. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the fighting part of the game is going away. You'll see one, a spirited battle, once in a while you'll see one if somebody gets cross-checked and they lose their patience. Nick Foligno is very notorious for that. that. If he's not happy, he'll get something going. But beside that, yeah, the, the game has changed for the better. It's faster. But yeah,
0: the uh, let's call it the violent part of the game is disappearing uh, quickly. <laughs> Yo, I know it's it hasn't been around for years. I just there was figured... a fight
2: Saturday night, though. Somebody did. I think it was Colorado.
0: Well, that ain't I didn't. All Colorado. I saw and Phoenix. the highlight
2: of Colorado and Phoenix. There no, was a fight Vancouver in
0: that. Fe- is it Vancouver and Phoenix? No, I think it's Phoenix yeah. and Colorado. Yeah. But it just yeah, does, I just think... does. I just figured where when you're looking for it, you find an old school guy to do it. But I don't even know. Is there a single enforcer out there anymore? I don't think there is. Is there in the league? In the league, uh,
1: like a true enforcer. Yeah, I don't think there is. Nope.
0: Nope, there
1: isn't.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Jody will get out there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, with this wrapping up, when you look at this series, three games in, is it Tampa, what Tampa's doing right, or is it what the Blue Jackets are doing wrong?
1: Tampa is doing a lot of – Tampa's a different team than last year, I'll tell you. They added some veterans. Uh, they, they got uh, so they went out and got like Pat Maroon from the St. Louis Blues, older guy, won the cup last year for experience. Yeah, they brought in uh from uh, Buffalo, uh, Coleman from uh, oh boy, Jersey, and another guy, uh, Goudreau over from New Jersey. So they went out and changed their makeup a little bit and they brought a little more grit and character to their lineup. They're still. Uh, highly, highly skilled, but now they got these guys that have been through the battles and have won, and uh, they're not just like, uh, you know, toe-drag type players, and that really changed the whole attitude of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they have a little more resiliency, and I think it showed in that game one, you know, going five over time. You could see they, they never quit. Last year, that would have been a team that would have tried to finish things up quick and say, all right, let's move on or lose this one. So uh, they're doing a lot of good things. They're getting in Corposalo's face in game one and three, try to rattle Corpy, and clearly it showed that uh, the Jackets were on top of their game in game three, but it worked. So uh, Tampa has made some adjustments, and, uh, you know, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets need to play their game because when they're on top of their game, they're really hard to beat no matter what the, uh, the game plan is. But, uh, you know, it's not the same Tampa team. So, yeah, I got to give them credit. They're playing really well.
0: All right, we'll watch you on TV today. We'll see you today, Jean-Luc. All right, guys. See ya. Bye-bye.